Bible. A deeper dive into the books of the Bible. Greetings and welcome to Pondering the Bible. I'm your co-host, Ken Corkins, and with me, as always, is my longtime friend and pastor, Rocky Allison. Hello. This is Season 3, Episode 11, and we pray that we're sponsored by the Holy Spirit. Amen. We've had rain. Finally, yeah. yes, rain. <laughs> We've been needing rain for a long time, and for the last couple of days, it's like, splash, we get hit with a really heavy rain and it stops. But at least it's rain. It, so. <laughs> I, mean, I was thinking about putting some kind of a funny saying up on the church sign, right? acknowledging the rain, and then decided, ah, I just don't have the time to mess with it. But if I could have come up with a really good one, I, I, I would have. There's always the one I've seen when people are getting too much snow. Whoever's praying for snow, please stop. Please stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not really our problem yet. When we start flooding, we might put that one up, but we're not flooding yet. We're just like finally getting the dirt wet again. All right. So we're still in the book of Ezra. Yep. Uh, what chapter and verses are we covering this week? We're going to do all of chapter eight, but I'm breaking it up into three small bites. Uh, there are a ton of lists in chapter eight, lists of names, lists of uh, gold and silver amounts. Uh, and uh, rather than than putting the people through uh, listening to all that, I'm just going to read the story portion. We'll talk about those names and those lists uh, as we move through tonight, but I'm not going to make everybody read that. Okay. So I'm going to do chapter eight, verses 15 and 16, 21 through 23, and 31 through 36. So starting in verse 15. I assembled the exiles at the Ahava Canal, and we camped there for three days while I went over the lists of the people and the priests who had arrived. I found that not one Levite had volunteered to come along. So I sent for Eliezer, Ariel, Shemaiah, Alinathan, Jerob, Elnathan, Nathan, Zechariah, and Meshulam, who were leaders of the people. I also sent for Joyreb and Elnathan, who were men of discernment. I sent them to Edo, the leader of the Levites at Kasaphia, to ask him and his relatives and the temple servants to send us ministers for the temple of God at Jerusalem. Uh, jumping now to uh, verse 21. And there by the Ahava Canal, I gave orders for all of us to fast and humble ourselves before our God. We prayed that he would give us a safe journey and protect us, our children, and our goods as we traveled. For I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers and horsemen to accompany us and protect us from enemies along the way. After all, we had told the king... Our God's hand of protection is on all who worship him, but his fierce anger rages against those who abandon him. So we fasted and earnestly prayed that our God would take care of us, and he heard our prayer. Verse 31. We broke camp at the Ahava Canal on April 19th and started off to Jerusalem, and the gracious hand of our God protected us and saved us from enemies and bandits along the way. So we arrived safely in Jerusalem, where we rested for three days. On the fourth day after our arrival, the silver, gold, and other valuables were weighed at the temple of our God and entrusted to Merimoth, son of Uriah the priest, and to Eleazar, son of Phinehas, along with Josbad, son of Yeshua, and Nodiah, son of Benui, 
both of whom were Levites. Everything was accounted for by number and weight, and the total weight was officially recorded. Then the exiles who had come out of captivity sacrificed burnt offerings to the God of Israel. They presented 12 bulls for all the people of Israel, as well as 96 rams and 77 male lambs. They also offered 12 male goats as a sin offering. All this was given as a burnt offering to the Lord. The king's decrees were delivered to his highest officers and the governors of the province west of the Euphrates River, who then cooperated by supporting the people and the temple of God. Amen. Okay, so I'm a bit confused, and I'm sure you can clear it up for me. Um, Last week in chapter 7, they arrived, (laughs) and this week in chapter 8, they're talking about Gathering up and taking off. So yeah. what happens here? <laughs> if I could turn back time. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know why the chronology in the book is placed this way, but yeah, um, we are 80 years after the first return of the exiles, Zerubbabel and his boys, 80 years since they left Babylon. We are 60 years since the temple was complete and they had the dedication and the first Passover service, but we're four months earlier than we were last week when we were talking about chapter seven. All of, we, we celebrated Ezra's arrival. Finally, Ezra is here. And now we've jumped back to, oh, Maybe we ought to talk about when he left. (laughs) (laughs) So here's my stupid theory, right? So this was written on scrolls before they had a codex, right? Right, right. And so what happened was some scribe, copyist, was carrying them, dropped them, and put them back in out of order. That's why chapter eight comes, (laughs) it should be flipped uh, around. Oops. Ah, just put them all back together. (laughs) That's crazy. They didn't come with numbers originally. Nobody knew. So yeah, this guy just, just... Lined it back up, whistled, and gave him to the high priest. And <laughs> Here's a copy of Errors you asked for. <laughs> okay, stupid theory over. <laughs> right, stop that. Silly. Okay, so Ezra gathers up all of his people at Ahava Canal. Is there anything? That's just someplace in Babylon, right? Yeah. Nothing, anything interesting about that place? Let's start off... Uh, about his start, because um, there's a couple interesting parts of that. He leaves the day after Passover. Hmm. That's his his setting out date. Uh, and there are two theories about why then, why leave on on that particular date, um, because. It's not, we don't think it's like he uh, made the decision, I got to go to Jerusalem, wrote the letter, gathered up all the gold and left the next day. Uh, It was probably several months from the time he made the decision until he had everything in place and ready to go. So why the day after Passover, if there's a reason? There are two theories. And the first theory is that Ezra sees himself as a Moses. Hmm. Moses leads the people in Egypt through Passover, through that terrible night, and they're saved and spared. And then the next morning, they leave Egypt. They leave this foreign land so they can finally go home. Uh, And they're going to spend 40 years in the wilderness because Moses has to reintroduce them to their God and to the proper way to worship their God. And there are some that say, so Ezra celebrates Passover in Babylon, in a foreign land, and then the next morning gathers up his people and leaves for their home. And his purpose for going is to reintroduce Jerusalem to the proper worship of their God. So he sees himself as a 
a new Moses. Interesting theory. One theory. The second theory says that Ezra saw himself as a fulfillment of prophecy. And that's that's more the, the one that I tend to go with. Um, throughout uh, Jeremiah, especially, Jeremiah is the one who's telling the kings, um, the, the Babylonians are coming. They're going to take your people away as slaves. They're going to rip down the temple. It's going to be 70 years before anybody comes back. But one day... The exiles will all return and worship will be holy and right this time. And it may be that Ezra hung around for Passover to sort of anoint himself as I am the man Jeremiah prophesied. Mm. Uh, and, and so I need this holy consecration of, of Passover uh, before I head, head back to, to lead my people to true, true worship. But even that one kind of falls, at least I still hear some of the Moses theory in that, in and of itself. So yeah. I could see it. I don't know. Uh, you know, what, who am I? Who am I? I'm a nobody. You know, and, and we would glom onto those, except throughout the rest of the book, Ezra tends to be kind of a humble guy. I mean, he's he's already said, I don't know how many times we to count it, um, I have the hand of God on me. So what I'm doing is not me. It's not my greatness. It's just because God chose me. That's the only reason I'm special. That's true. Uh, he does say, mul- mention that multiple times, even in this chapter it's in. Yeah. There. Um, okay. Um, and fact- so, yeah, you're right. They they end up at Ahava. We don't know where Ahava is uh but it calls it the Ahava Canal. Um, when they leave Babylon, the shortest direction to Jerusalem is to go straight west. But that takes you across the desert. And it's a, it's a nasty desert. You don't want to be out there with what we, we know he's got 1800 men in their families, somewhere around 9,000 people. You don't want to, you don't want to cross that desert dry if you don't have mm-hmm. to. And so it appears they went northwest instead of straight west okay. and they followed the Euphrates River. And we know that the Babylonians had dug huge canals off of the river and brought water down to small towns along the way and called them canal towns. And so our guess is Ahava is one of those canal towns. Uh, wasn't significant enough that we've marked its location. Or even found centuries. its location yeah. now. It's probably yeah. you know, it's hundreds of years under sand now. But it was it was just it was probably just basically a water stop. Okay, uh, in the it's just a convenient spot outside of town where they could uh, muster is the yeah. word right? Muster exactly. his troops. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and get ready for this big journey. Um, okay, um, and this is it, he's. Two or three days into the journey when they do this, and apparently this is the first time he's had a chance to actually figure out who are all these people. (laughs) Count noses, huh? (laughs) We know he asked for volunteers. You know, he sent around a sign-up sheet, uh, heading for Jerusalem, you know, put your your name on the the list and and follow me, uh, leaving the day after Passover. Uh, But it's not until they get to Ahava that he can actually walk the camp, take uh, note of the people. And he realizes he doesn't have a single Levite, um, and and that we know there's so many Levites in Jerusalem that they can't all work at the temple all the time. They have to take shifts, and they work uh, two weeks a year. Right. But they've not been good in leading the people in worship, so he doesn't want to use 
those Levites. He wants his own Levites, and he's been authorized to appoint men as judges, religious judges, to actually impose punishment on people who violate religious law. And so he wants the right guys for that. So he sends his servant back to Babylon, uh, and in a not uh, pleasant way, (laughs) uh, approaches these men and says, Ezra says, Sell your house, get on your donkey, and meet him at Ahava. You are behind. Today is Sunday, Divine Worship at 0800. Get your bunks made and get your uniforms on. Police call will commence in two minutes. Right, and he lists the guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, so one of my questions when I read through is, is there anything important about these guys? And now we know, well, yeah, they're Levites, but they're also... His trusted Levites, men if you will. he knew personally, guys he could trust. He's. It's like when one company takes over another company, and they promise, promise everybody, you know, you're all going to keep your jobs, but there'll be new management. We're putting our guys mm-hmm. in the top jobs because I trust my guys, and the people that were running your company didn't do a very good job, or I wouldn't have bought you in the first place. So I'm bringing in my own guys. That's that's what Ezra does. I'm bringing in my own guys to be management. And Ezra has enough authority. Sounds like he has all the authority yeah. that he could ever want. That letter from the king just grants him, him. Yeah. Yeah. Like we say, carte blanche, right? Yeah. I can do whatever I want. So I'll call for my guys. You guys, I don't know how long it took him to, that's kind of a surprise. Hey, you're going to <laughs> Jerusalem. Get ready. Um, but so they they get up and they, they, get, they get together apparently. Yep. They all show up. And you would think he would like pack them all on horses as soon as those guys get here. And let's hit the road. We're behind. You know, we left on the right day and now we're behind. But he doesn't. Ezra, I, I like Ezra. He he says, no, we're going to take a day and we're going to fast and we're going to pray before we hit the road. Um, those of you who volunteered, I want you to think long and hard about now that you've got a taste for what this is going to be like, whether you really want to go or not. Yeah. And if you if you're having buyer's remorse, if you're thinking, oh, I may have made a really terrible mistake, this is the time to turn around and go back to Babylon. You can do that. Anybody else, if if you stay past today, by the time you get done praying, if you're if you're still here, I'm going to assume you are 100 percent committed to the mission. The other thing he prays for is safety. He has a ton of wealth. Yes. Uh, and in fact, I know I know you've taken a moment to calculate. Uh, I did. And this was this was covered. Uh, did we actually, we did cover it. We read it. Did we, we didn't read we didn't those. Read no, it. Okay. that was one of the sections um, I skipped. So it was one of the sections we skipped, but he, he says in verse 26, I weighed the treasure as I gave it to them and found the totals to be as follows. 24 tons of silver. Yeah, that's not pounds. That's tons. Yeah. And I, I looked it up. At today's, you know, I just looked up the quick, what's the price of an ounce of, of silver today? It was $18.16. So 24 tons of silver came out to be about $14 million. Okay. <laughs> and he's got 7,500 7, pounds of silver articles, calculated, calculated that to be about $2 million worth of okay. silver articles. Uh, he's got 7,500 pounds of gold. Again, I looked up the, pound, the price of an ounce of gold today. It was $1,722. So that came out to be $206 million in gold. gold. Uh, and there's also some gold bowls um, and some polished bronze and stuff. I didn't calculate those. But altogether, that's about $222 million worth of gold and silver that he's carting with him. <laughs> 
guy is hauling some serious cash. Yeah, that's just not only is it, you know, a risk to be stolen, is how do you move? I mean, we're talking tons of yeah. metal. Yeah. How do you move that across? How many carts does it take? <laughs> and how many oxen and how much food then to feed the oxen to right. hold the gold? So that's not a small little, hey, let's just take a day trip, right? No. This is a huge endeavor. And and we know that at this time in history, the desert is full of thieves, murderous thieves who will cut your throat and steal your money. Right. Uh, there's no real law out in the desert. Budget? We don't need no stinking budget. And one of the things Ezra has bragged about to Artaxerxes is, my God takes care of his people, and my God doesn't let nobody mess with his people. And then it comes time to leave, and he's got all this gold and all this <laughs> silver. He's, Do I really want to ask the king for soldiers to protect the gold and the silver. Man, I've I've really bragged on on how you can depend and trust my God. No, I am not going to ask for a single soldier. So the other thing they do during this day of fasting and prayer is please God protect us from bandits and thieves because no uh, we are really going to be we can't move fast hauling this much. Right. We can't outrun anybody. Uh, and I got all these women and children and and so Lord, if we're going to make it to Jerusalem, it's only going to be because you're looking out for us. And we're going to take that as a sign that if we get to Jerusalem, our God took care of us. And that was going to be one of my questions. He he wrote that he was ashamed to ask for soldiers and horses, but he wrote the ticket to ride. Right? <laughs> yes. So why didn't he just put a couple of soldiers and horses, but he decided to trust in God for this journey. And how hard is it when... Uh, to to I know for me it's it's tough to to put aside what would seem to be common sense just to trust God. I would have been the one explaining to Ezra. God gave us brains. God expects us to use our brains. God knows that there are bandits out here, and God has given you a good brain, Ezra, so you could ask for soldiers to protect the gold. You're taking care of God's money. Come on, Ezra, ask the king for soldiers. <laughs> that would have been me. <laughs> but but Ezra is like, nah, nah, we're just going to trust God. It's that step of faith into the river, right? Yes, It'll be dry it when you get there. Is. This whole book has been so <laughs> full of... Faith. Yeah. Will you please just step out and trust God? Please do it. Even when things are against you. Yeah. Or things could go very wrong. Yeah. You could still trust in God and he will deliver you. Yeah. Which is awesome. <laughs> Thank God for God, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so they take off, like I said, with all this material. It takes, what, four months to get there? Yeah, exactly. Almost we, exactly. Four we talked months, about yeah. that in Chapter 7, so yeah. we just kind of revamped it here. Uh, and they arrive. Is there anything special about their arrival? Yeah, you know, if, if it were me in charge and we rolled into Jerusalem with all these carts of gold and all of these people and a brand new management team, my first step would have been to get a hold of of whoever the city officials are, whoever the high priest at the temple is, and say, hi, my name's Ezra. I'm in charge now. We're going to do things my way. King Artaxerxes says so. You're all fired. Uh, that would have been my step one. Ezra says, no, 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 no. Step one is let's take three days to pray. We just crossed the desert with 
$220 million in gold and silver, and nobody gave us any trouble, and none of our people got sick, and nobody quit and went home in the middle of the trip, and everybody's still talking to each other. Right. And, and so let's take, let's take three days to just say thank you. Let's be grateful to our God. Um, and my head would have been so full of the work I've got to do now that I'm here, but Ezra's like, no, God is good. Why won't we, why wouldn't we just take, take a few days to stop and say, what a good God you are, how good you have been to us. And so they do that three days of just praising God and celebrating how good God has been, uh, to, to their crew. They get done with that. And if you'll remember from last week, the letter from Artaxerxes said, any money you don't spend along the way, you are free to use in any way you want to. He could set himself aside as a very, very wealthy man. Yeah. You know, he would be, I don't know, Bill Gates of Jerusalem. Exactly. Right? He could do whatever yeah. he wanted, right? He could be just a mean, nasty, powerful guy. Yeah. <laughs> do whatever he wanted. <laughs> and Ezra instead says, take every single wagon down to the temple and give it all to the temple. Don't keep back any for me. Don't keep back any for yourselves. Uh, God got us here. This is God's gold, and uh, we're going to put it in God's house. And he's just this very humble, all of this is, you know, and, and I'm sure that had to make the people trust him on fairly short notice. This guy doesn't roll into town and demand to be our boss. He doesn't show up with, I've got all this money, I own everything now. He rolls into town, spends three days praying to God, and then gives all of his money to God. You got to respect a guy like that. Very humble. You got to ask, ask if he's crazy in today's world, right? Why would you do? Yeah. Why would you give it all to yeah. God? But why would you do that? No, no, we're doing all of it. This is all for God. So, and only after he's done all of that does he take his letters of authorization to the territorial governor and to the leaders of the church, and exp and apparently explains to them in a a non confrontational way. Um, I'm Ezra. I'm in charge. Well, I guess I'm in charge now. I will be running your temple and I will be running your city. We are going to combine obedience to God with obedience to the Persian king. Uh, and we're going to live better lives. And we're going to reap a lot of benefits because we live better, holier, more righteous lives. And apparently everybody got behind him and said, okay, let's roll with Ezra. Sounds very good. Yeah. Could be a tough pill to swallow, but evidently he, he approached them correctly. Yeah. Had, like you said, he had the hand of God on him, so it kind of helped <laughs> help that part as well. On the fourth day after the arrival, they take her to the temple. And I'm caught, I caught something as I was reading it, uh, and it's in verse, I think, 33. And they call out these guys, Eleazar, son of Phineas. And I caught that name because there's a Eleazar, son of Phineas, in the book of Numbers, who's very famous for killing a man um, and his foreign princess wife. And I thought, these guys, they've got to be hundreds of years apart. That can't be the same guy, but it's funny that it's the same name. I just caught that as yeah. funny. Um, I don't know. It doesn't, it may mean something. It may not. It probably doesn't, but it's no, just I, funny. I, I think you're right. I think it's completely relevant because as we move through next chapter, next week, Ezra's going to call the people out for marrying foreign wives. So it, this definitely is, you know, how you can see the hand of God working in a whole bunch of different places over a whole bunch of different times. I think that's an example of it. Interesting. 
I stumbled into that one, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Way to go, Dallas! Basically, this is kind of a, I look at this as kind of um, Genesis chapter one and Genesis chapter two. Genesis chapter one kind of gives you the overview of the creation. Chapter two is the details. Right. Right. This is kind of chapter seven was kind of the the overview and chapter yeah. eight is a little more detail on the journey. Yeah. Kind of weird. I think so too. Maybe that's. Yeah. Maybe it's a some weird old writing style. I don't know. <laughs> or like I said, maybe the guy just dropped the scrolls. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, those are all the notes I took out of this reading. We skipped that's, around a bunch. That's but all I've got. There's a bunch of weird lists. I found it interesting how much money he took. That, that's that's just amazing. Yeah. I mean, it may not have been that valuable back then, right? Those are today's prices, but still, it would have been great value. Yeah. Even in those yeah. days. Life altering. And what he did with it surprises you if you're thinking, you know, as a modern day guy, he gives it all to the to the temple. Give it to the church. So amazing. <laughs> and then hi, I'm here and we're gonna make this place better. Yeah. Good guy. All right. Anything else for you? Nope. That's it. Okay. Um, have you given a sermon title yet? Calling this one the right stuff. Ezra. Um really shows us that he has the right stuff, and he takes the time to stop the trip to make sure he gets the guys with him who have the right stuff. And he prays before he goes, and and he prays when he arrives. Yeah. So, good stuff. So, if you'd like to listen to the sermon that Rocky delivers, it'll be on our website at www.ponderumc.org. At the top of the menu called Ministries, pull that down and go to Sermons and look for the title Look for the sermon titled, The Right Stuff. And this will have been delivered on September 4th, 2022. Uh, I've got a little bit of wisdom for you. All right. God loves everyone, but probably prefers fruits of the spirit over religious nuts. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, I think we'll close this episode. Uh, This is Ken Corkins and Rocky Ellison reminding you to love God and be nice to people. Thank you for listening. You can find us at www.ponderumc.org. There, you can watch the live stream of our casual service, listen to replays of this and past sermons, and find other interesting information about us. This has been Pondering the Bible.